It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. Welcome to Wednesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. God, I think today is worse than yesterday when it comes to the old Storm Barra. It feels raw out there in this neck of the woods today for sure. And it's windy. God almighty, the schools could have been off for another day. And maybe they should have been open yesterday and closed today. So you never know what to be doing, do you, when you get these warnings? But anyway, there you have it. That's the coldest day this year, I felt. Anyway, glad to be inside and out of it. Even though there are a lot of people out there working away in the conditions. They're hardy. I often look at myself as being a softy. I'm not soft. I'm not hardy for that type of thing. You have to be used to it. You really do. But you get soft when you're an office worker, don't you? And indoors. You do, for sure. Welcome to the show. Lots of chat over the next couple of hours. Thank you for the Christmas cards. They're piling in still. I'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. But we begin today with a gentleman who's doing something really, really good on Christmas Day. And he's going to tell you what's happening now. I'm delighted to be joined from Sitar Restaurant in Dundalk. On the line, Vikram Singh. Hello, Vikram. Hello, sir. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Now, just to step back a little bit with you and Sitar, you were originally operated from Carlingford. Yes, we were uh, doing there for uh, more than four years and then we moved to Dundalk because uh, it had to close down because of the COVID and all this. So we moved to Dundalk uh, nine months ago. And how has it been, the change for you? You're in uh, the centre of town there. Has it been good? Oh, yeah, it's good. It's really good. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, from the first day, it's very busy and it still keeps going. So that's why we decided to you know, do something for the community as they are doing for us. Now, back, uh, back in, have... you did, just to, just to finish with Carlingford, you did something similar back in 2019, Christmas Day, didn't you? Yes, sir, we did that, yeah. OK, so tell us what you're doing again this year. You couldn't do anything last year because with the COVID you were closed. What are you going to do on Christmas Day? Um, sir, we are opening from 5 to 8 for needy people who, who need support with all this. So, yeah, we are opening our doors and, uh, and we have some uh, small menu as well ready for them. And anybody needs uh, homeless or any needy people, you know, they can come and take away our food. And no question will be asked, no, no photographs or anything. So and if somebody is you know, not able to collect or pick up somebody can pick them uh, pick the food for them yeah so you you you're offering food in the restaurant from 5 until 8 o'clock on christmas afternoon evening for free for people who are in need yes sir 
You are a very kind man. Thank you, sir. You really are. We are just doing our best to support the community. And, you know, it's a very negative time at the moment. So just to lift the spirits, we are doing what we can do. Yeah. And you're doing this as as a thank you as well because people have been so good to you, is it, since you arrived there? Yes, sir. This is really nice gesture. It really is. And... uh, I'm delighted to highlight it on the show today. And I was looking at your, your menu for the Christmas evening. It's a, it's a lovely menu. You have a lovely choice there of, of well-known Indian dishes. Yes, sir. We choose only the milder dishes uh, so everybody can eat. You know, people think that Indian food is only spicy, but it's not uh, spicy. Uh, we choose only the, the mildest that nobody complain about. You know, it was spicy or something like that. We just choose the mildest mild starters with bread or, or rice. Mm. So, you know, anybody can enjoy. Yes. And and do people, can people just rock up there to you on Christmas Day or do, you, do they need to let you know in advance? The doors will be open. Can people just arrive? The door will be open, sir, and they can just ask for, like, they want to order this and we'll cook that at the same time and then we'll pick back in the bag and then we'll give it to them. And no questions asked, no publicity, no, no nothing. No address, no phone number or anything. Nothing. No photographs, nothing will be asked. Well, that is some offer. That is a real kindness at Christmas time, I have to say. It really is. And, and just on your, on your, from your own perspective, um, you, you are a Hindu family. And at, at, I'm just curious to know, Christmas, New Year, are there any special celebrations for your faith? Um, there is uh, some celebration. We do uh, Diwali and Holi. Uh, Diwali is a very familiar, similar to the, yeah. the to the Christmas because it's also a light festival as well. And, you know, we enjoy But uh, we are in Ireland now, so we enjoy the Christmas as well. We have, I have three babies at home. And, uh, yeah, it's all other uh, family members are in, in the house as well. We all will be enjoying after, mm. after the next day or whenever we have decided to close uh, two days after the Christmas mm. so we can enjoy the time yes the as well. so, you, so you get into the spirit of the, Chris, the Christmas now that you're part and parcel of the Irish family 30 seconds sir yes you, you get into the spirit of Christmas now that you're part and parcel of the Irish family as well yes sir Ah, oh, that's that. That is really lovely to hear. Oh, yeah, Diwali is some celebration. It really is. It's the big one in the year uh, for yourselves, of course, and it is uh, it revolves around the light uh, and the light and the darkness. Um, so you're on Chapel Street there in Dundalk, Sitar Indian Restaurant. Oh, I went to ask you, how is the sign? The sign blew down with the with the storm yesterday, did it? It did, sir. It fell down, and uh, we we will get it fixed uh, soon. It fell down. I don't know how and why because because it's you know very windy and it fell down. So we're gonna get it fixed. Good on you. So you're gonna have it back up and in action soon. Yeah, there were a few things uh, went with the real stormy winds yesterday. So yes, ju- just reminding people again that Christmas evening, five to eight o'clock. If you know somebody who's in need, or if you're in need yourself uh, on the Christmas day, and there are people homeless, there are people have very little to eat. Sit our restaurant on Chapel Street in Dundalk. Are opening the doors from five until eight o'clock. Well done to you, Vikram. Well done, Vikram. And uh, good luck to you for the Christmas time and into the new year and happiness and health. Thank you, sir. Thanks very much. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. That's Vikram Singh there. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that a lovely, lovely thing to do? No questions asked. And uh, you know what? I, I love Indian food. 
I, I don't have it that often. Louise, I know you're a fan of, of the Indian foods yourself going back a long time. You love it, don't you? I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Spicier the better. Well, you heard Vikram there saying he's not going spicy for the Christmas day. So, no. you know, if anybody's a little bit concerned about that, he's not going to do that. But uh, can you really take Very the hot mild. spices? Can you take the hot stuff, Louise? I have never tried Vindaloo, but right. I do love Jalfrezi extra spicy. Okay, okay, yeah. God Almighty, you know when you eat some of that food at times, the sweat. Could, yeah. Does the sweat belt out of you? It's meant to be a banana or yogurt. You're not meant to drink water. Oh, yes. That's why yogurt is served with yogurt, a lot of Indian think, food. Yeah. Yes, to cool down. Although some of that now, and I mean, I've tasted me me, well, me lifetime and, and the heat would be exploding out yeah. of you now. Lime, a slice of lime. That's right. Is if it? you ever take something that's so hot okay. your mouth is burning, yeah. Have a slice of lime. Uh, it's beautiful food though, Louise. Oh, gorgeous. it's beautiful, gorgeous food. It really is. And the range that's on offer as well, you know, and it's become so popular. It, it really has. And when Indian restaurants get going and get set up and get a following, they really do have a very loyal clientele indeed. But isn't that lovely yeah. from Vikram, isn't it? And his family to so do that. So lovely to come it in. And really he is a small kid, so he's going to yes. come in Christmas night, maybe after they, they're asleep and start yes. cooking for other people. And, and, and getting things ready. I heard a couple of them there all right in the back. He's a busy man with the little ones. They're only two and three or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're only smallies. Anyway, well done to him. The Christmas cards. Look, Louise, look at the pile I have here. Let me just go through a few of them that have come in today. We'll be able to build a house with them. Well, well we we'll, we must take a picture of outside to see them building up. Who said the tradition of sending Christmas cards was dead? We'll be talking <coughs> about this. wasn't me. W- was that you? No. No, no, okay, no. That's all right. <laughs> I thought it was a little voice from Studio One last week sometime. But there yeah, you go. Yeah, okay, it was me. <laughs> anyway, I'm not, I'm, I'm only slagging you. You know the way I do the bit of slagging. Anyway, I have to say, it's a live well and just reminding you if you're not familiar with what we're doing I'm asking you to send me a Christmas card this year now some people Louise have sent them in and there's no addresses on them mm. put your address on the even the envelope or somewhere because you see the, the, the whole yeah the whole thing in this it's Elvis Presley return to sender I want to send a card back to you this year I really do and it's from the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre who sell Christmas cards at this time of the year to fund the charity. They're wonderful people. I don't have to remind you about them. So I've bought a ball of cards off them and I want to send them out to you. And people are actually sending me cards. It's great to see people are buying the cards from the Gary Kelly Centre. Give them a shout there. Their cards are beautiful this year. They'll send them out to you and you'll be able to send them out to your friends as well. So send me a card. Come on, send me a card. LMFM Radio, Rathmullen Road, Drogheda, County Louth will get me. Tracy Hanby Gray. Look at this mm. one from Tracy with the little robin on the front of it as well. I have to read the message. Tracy says, Hope all is well. Thought I would say happy Christmas to everyone there, but also to all our patients at this time. We've a lot attending from Louth and Meath. It's been a very tough time for them especially. May they keep safe and well from all at St Luke's Radiation Centre at Beaumont Hospital in Dublin where Tracy works. She's a fantastic woman. You know her well. And that comes in from Tracy this afternoon. She never sent me her address. I'm going to have to get her address to send her a card back there. It's lovely. Here's another one here. Who does this one come in from? Etna McHugh with a lovely message. You're a lovely man, Jerry. Oh, you're a lovely woman too yourself I have to say Edna thanks indeed for that lovely message on the card there here's another one here who does this one come in from to me today Geraldine and Paula Lane at the school lane in Dunlear thank you from the, from the lanes for the card I'll be sending one back to you there's another from David Keenan up Dundalkway look at this one I love this one Louise this is from Bobby Fanning ah oh, Bobby Bobby and Pierce and Abby have sent me in a card. Nullig Hona, have a good one and a spectacular 2022. And I think of the Fannings this year, 
because they lost their mammy this year oh. gone by so she said we think of her we think of her today as I read the card and another one here look at this Louise look look <gasps> look what's coming in that card a significant a donation and this card from David Hagen in Proudstown in Navin David that's going to the Gary Kelly Centre straight away. Pauline and Louise. It's like tell men Louise. No, no address on Pauline and Louise's card. Come on, send it back to me. Uh, Sully. Uh, oh, look at this one here. Yes, our good friend Sally Barrett from Yellow Batter and Drada and husband Ray. Hello to you both. Thanks indeed for the lovely card that came our way today. And finally, I've loads of them. Just a few of them I'm going uh, through here. From Listen to this, Louise. Thank you all for being you. Stay safe and have a happy Christmas. From Geraldine McCabe, Oldbridge House, Moore Hall in Drogheda, to Jerry, Louise and all at LMFM. We love all your shows and all the residents and staff here are always listening to you all. You brighten up our days so much. You bring us such joy. Ah, thanks indeed for those lovely messages. Keep the cards coming to me. I love them. I really love them. And we'll get to read as many of them. And I will be replying to you, I promise. Now, one more thing, Louise. This is very important. This is your nine-day warning. What am I talking about? Your nine-day warning. Yes, this year again on LMFM's Late Lunch. It's the best Christmas pudding in the North East competition. It's on again this year. I have puds in already, believe it or not. Anyway, the drop-dead date... Yeah, I don't mean that in the best possible <laughs> sense now. Uh, the drop-in pudding date is December the 17th. So that's Friday week, Friday week, December the 17th. We need your puddings in by Friday week to announce the winner the following week and our final few days on the run into Christmas. So get your puddings to us. Post them in. You can drop them in here. Get them to us whatever way you can. Good section of your pudding that we can taste it. Oh, we have a little pud. They send us in, you know yourself, Louise. Mm, little full little puds, big puds, you name it. Anyway, the title is up for grabs this year. It's competitive every year. And the hamper, Louise. Woohoo! You'll be singing when you win this hamper for the best pudding. Anyway, get the puds into us, please, by Friday week. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. We're heading to our first break of the afternoon and I want to play this one for you. It's a brand new song uh, that I've come across this Christmas time. I don't think you'll have heard it before, but maybe you have. But I think I'm ahead of the times with this one. Did you ever hear a guy's called Dan and Shay? They're a country pop music duo, big in Nashville in the United States. It's Dan Smyers and Shay Mooney. Shay has to have Irish blood in him, hasn't he? Anyway, here they are with their brand new Christmas song. Everybody's starting to feel it, starting to feel it in the air. All of the sidewalks, all of the streetlights, holiday magic everywhere. Then it hits me, it's officially Christmas, and I'm officially yours. I'm officially Last week on our breakfast show, we were recognising people who'd done real good in their communities and we were inundated with people who nominated this body and that body and everybody was deserving. 
But there was one in particular that just slipped by and I wanted to pick up on it today on Late Lunch. And to tell me more, he's from Carna Ross in County Mead. John McKenna is on the line. Hello, John. Thanks for joining me on the show. I know you were in the mix last week and we were really disappointed you were one that we missed. But look, I'm trying to make up a little bit of ground here for you today on Late Lunch. Tell me who you were nominating. I was nominating my um, my cousin's wife over in Minolte, uh, Teresa McKenna. Um, she she really went above and beyond for us. and uh, Words can't describe how much of a support she was to us at the time. Explain to me your circumstances where this wonderful woman stepped in to help. Um, my wife was in hospital at the time for surgery and um, around about the same time my mother started to develop uh, dementia and had some uh, episodes of dementia which required hospitalisation. So um, all was kind of happening at the same time and I was going between the two and um, uh, Teresa it was just so good. She she made up meals and brought them over to the house and just couldn't believe it. Like, she was so good. And um, even then, when my wife arrived home during her recovery, she came over as well because she knew how much we had going on with my mother at the same time. And um, it was just such a, a lovely act of kindness and generosity that we'll never forget. And she was just so supportive to us. And um, she's always been with my mother as well. And so I just had, had to nominate her for that reason. Just, um, mm. She really did so much. It's at times when you're at your most vulnerable that you really do see your true friends and true, you know, people in your life who are there for you, don't you? Exactly, yes, yes. And it's, um, it's just looking back and just... Uh, it was so much happened all at once and I have no brothers or sisters so just myself and my wife so um, we were kind of like uh, it was always on our shoulders at the one time but uh, Teresa was just so good Um, um, and she had her own job and family to juggle as well and yet she left over food for us and it was just it was amazing really Mm. It's um, tough times when, you know, you find yourself on your own. But there there you are again. Again, people are wonderful. I always say that despite everything that's going on in the world, goodness uh, outweighs the other side of things every single time. And uh, may I ask, your wife recovered? Yeah, yeah, no, it was um, uh, was a relatively minor surgery at the time. Yeah. It was just so much happening that whole. Yes. And... um, uh, uh, then what my mother had been in hospital uh, uh, just around about the same time so uh, mm. it's just uh, it was like a, a roller coaster really you know so, yeah yeah, and but, a, a dementia diagnosis is very difficult for the person themselves and for everybody around them it is yes yes it has such an impact on, on the person and the family mm. and and um, uh, I have to um I also recognise the, the wonderful work all the carers are doing across the country as well. Yeah. And um, the carers, the HSC carers, the private carers, they're all amazing. Mm. 
and they've been uh, of, of, of invaluable help to yourself. We'll look at, um, as I said, you were too late for last week, but you know, on post, you know, on post are very busy at this time of the year, uh, as you can imagine, with all they have to do. And they've been getting a dig out. Did you know this, John, that uh, a very famous man has been helping them? His name, you might know him. Do you know a fellow called Johnny Logan? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's uh, he's singing for his supper with on post at the moment. Anyway, he's been in giving them a dig out and uh, letting everybody know how difficult uh, a task it is at this time that the boys and girls in on post have to undertake. But they're doing it um, admirably like they do every year. Well, anyway, on post have given us a lovely little bundle of goodies in, in uh, a little on post tamper. And I- I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to send that to your lovely lady, Theresa McKenna. Is that okay? Thank you so much, Jerry. Uh, Not at all. It's just a, a little follow-on and something we had and we'd like to recognise Theresa McKenna for the kindness that she's shown to your wife, your mother, yourself and your family. Thanks for joining us today, John. Wish you a happy Christmas and all the best for the new year. Thanks, Jerry, and to you too. Not at all. To Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's John McKenna joining us from Camaros. Just a little touch. That time of year, isn't it? If you can do anything nice for somebody, do a good turn, go and do it. Coming up on late lunch after two o'clock. Oh, you're going to enjoy Kunak McGann and Sarah Casty. We're going to have a real laugh about the ads, fads and mad happenings that have swept Ireland. You'll enjoy them, I promise you. Anyway, taking us to news and weather at two. It is the man himself who doesn't like people talking when he's performing in the audience. Did you see it online recently? No shit from our Christy if you're talking when he's singing or playing. That's why very shortly now I'm going to go silent in case he gives out yards to me. It's Mr. Christy Moore and ride on. Through you ride the finest horse I've ever seen Standing sixteen, one or two With eyes wild and green You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. We move on this afternoon and my next guests, in their own words, are both children of the 80s. I'd say they're still children because, you see, they're so famous for writing wonderful books. If I say to you the A to Z of being Irish, Irish mammy in your pocket, the A to Z of an Irish Christmas, and they're back again this year with another one it's called Ah, that's gas. I'm delighted to say hello again to Sarah Cassidy and Kunak McGann. Hello, girls. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. I can't see you, but I can hear you. And these are coming through loud and clear there on the Zoom. Oh, I forgot to look. Did you just put Zoom? You did this alphabetically again. Is Zoom in the book? No, not yet. Next one, is it? <laughs> no zoom in this book. <clears throat> oh, we're, well. we're waiting to see. We're waiting to see how it turns out, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. You see, there's another. I always give you tips for the next one. Anyway, <laughs> when you're with me on the show, you know that. Anyway, here in the context of Storm Barra, unnecessary journeys. I love this. Where the hell was Theresa Mannion yesterday? Oh, we could have done with Theresa. Yeah, <laughs> she wasn't on, was she? <laughs> No, I don't think she, so. she took a holiday day. <laughs> oh, I think she did. Yeah, oh, that was unforgettable, wasn't it? Back in 2005, Storm Desmond. That's right. In Salt Hill, wasn't it? Yeah. Was just right right there on the on the edge of the sea and the, the storm going mad behind her. 
Oh. Don't make unnecessary journeys. Don't take risks on treacherous <laughs> roads, Jerry. <laughs> and that's just one of a multitude of Irish happenings and things that you've captured in this wonderful book. Uh, I have to start at A. Come on, let's talk about this one, Sarah. Angel Delight. Do you remember Angel Delight? No, you're too young, Sarah. No, that was like a one of the go-to desserts in our house. And I was we and Kendrick were talking about this. Like, I'm from a family of six of us, so and we used to get a packet of Angel Delight with two of the lot of us. <laughs> I remember dream How? topping. I remember dream topping Kunak. You don't remember that. That's probably even before Angel Delight days. I don't remember dream topping, but it sounds intriguing. Oh, it... Doesn't it go on top of the trifle? It's kind of white, isn't it? Yes, now you have it. <laughs> That's it. Like and fake cream, you mean? Fake cream. And you know what? We, nice. we thought we were the bee's knees, but if you tasted it today, <laughs> it's absolutely manky. And I don't mean to say... To, to run it down but I don't think they do dream topping anymore anyway Angel Delight I smiled when when I actually saw it so I did hey tell me this Kunak did you wear the boot cut jeans yourself of course I did Jerry. of course I did I didn't wear the uh, the accompanying belly tops really much but boot but god boot cut jeans I wore for about a decade I'd say Jerry. I know Sarah had the belly top on <laughs> on my top shop jeans <laughs> Oh, the belly top had to go along with them. Uh, and, and you know, another thing that brought a real smile to my face, the Caller Housewife of the Year. Wow. Anybody's mother entered that, no? <laughs> Not at all. I, was, I, came from a, I came from a home where my, my mom actually worked. She wouldn't have been allowed into it, Jerry. I think it was abandoned in the end because two of the, too many of the housewives were also working outside of the home and it was a bit frowned yeah. upon. Yeah, and uh, did anybody say just eat? Sure, I suppose that ends the Caller Housewife of the Year for good anyway. Uh, it's because you can just dial a dinner from anywhere in the world nearly at this stage here in good old Ireland. Hey, you brought me back to Grafton Street when I was starting out on me working career and Tom McGinty the dice man you do you remember him Kunak? I do I really really do actually as a child I found him slightly alarming because yeah. the whole he was such a big looming character uh, but he was amazing and you know such a Everybody knew to look out for him, you know. He was just, he, and he was doing something really unusual at the time. Yeah, how he stood still and the makeup on his face, and he'd wink at you. Do you know that that <laughs> wink that he'd give you? Yeah, and and he'd, <laughs> you, it'd startle you for sure. God, he was, he really was, uh, Sarah. Like he was part and parcel of the furniture on Grafton Street, wasn't he? Completely, yeah, definitely. And he started like started a craze. There's lots of people doing the same yes. thing now, but nobody will ever be. Same as he was. They'll never replicate Tom McGinty, yeah. the original Dice Man. Do you know what you've highlighted? I might say to both of you in, in this book as well, and it is, it, it just really does make you smile as you go through it. But that we're a country that's wasted money to bait the band, and a couple <laughs> of examples that are in the book. Come on, pick it up here for the me, Sarah. Machines. The voting machines. <laughs> Oh, mother of God. I'm getting blood pressure now. I really am. I was from, they actually road tested them in swords, so I actually got to use them. Did you? Wow. Very privileged. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Nora Owen, the poor devil? Oh, Nora lost her seat at the press of a button. It was 
awful. That was just dreadful that evening, I remember. And we all realised then and there, Jerry, it wasn't going to be for us. Nah, us Irish yeah, love. like the suspense. Ah, we? listen, we love the five-day count. We really do. We <laughs> love it. We and, and, and at the end of the day, seven and a half thousand machines, what did they make? They were sold for scrap, weren't they? I think they made 70 grand off them in oh, the end. Yeah. Off the whole Jing Bang lot of them after spending, forking out millions. Yes. So it was, yeah. Yeah. It to, was a, a lesson learned, hopefully. Yeah. Another waste of money was the time and the slime. That's Do you remember right. that one? I, the year 2000. <laughs> yes, we put the clock and the liffy and the book and thing broke down. <laughs> Forgetting that it was the dirtiest river in town. <laughs> Nobody could see a thing. And the other one stayed. Like postcards with the countdown on it. Yes. It's a good idea, but bad, it, bad location. Oh, it was badly executed and it stayed yeah. in the murky waters, I think. I don't know whether they ever lifted out of it. And the other one, well, do you remember it? The floozy and the jacuzzi. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, it was a real it was a real eyesore in the end because people just used it as a litter bin almost. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. 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 They took it away. I think it was 2001. You mentioned that in the book. They had to remove it. Uh, it's somewhere. Right. Do, you, do you know where it is? Anyone have a clue with the floozy and the jacuzzi? She's Garden of Remembrance, is she? Oh, is it? Um, right. Yeah. Oh, I so she's so. she's, got she's, moved out, she's yeah. there now. Oh, good God! It's good to know that that she hasn't been uh, removed altogether uh, and and returned to 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 grind it into a uh, into little uh, pebbles or whatever. Anyway, the other mm. the others that have caught my attention. <clears throat> now you know this, girls yourself. No house could be without what am I going to say? Gripe water. <laughs> Do you know, my, do you know my, my aunt used to absolutely swear by it. And it was only when we were researching this, we found out that some gripe water had up to 9% alcohol in it. She was like giving the kids a glass of wine. Knocked them out. No wonder they slept for the night. No wonder it cured colic. It didn't cure anything. <laughs> and cured everything. Cured everything. <laughs> Nine percent alcohol. That's true. And you know, I think you could maybe stand corrected on this. It's still available. I think uh, across the border. You know what? They they took the they eventually the government stepped in and said no more uh, high alcohol gripe water. So they took the alcohol out of our one earlier, and they and you could still get the the alcoholic one. Because I know people used to try and get some from across the border or yeah. when people went over to London or whatever. Mm. But I think all the gripe water now is fairly standardised. I, th- I think there are very uh, negligible amounts of, of alcohol. Yes, yeah. yes. Now, uh, Health so- and safety gone mad, Jerry. Gone totally, <laughs> gone totally. Uh, you can't even put honey on their duties now. So they'll have no teeth if you do that. <laughs> Where is the world going to? What would I have done without honey and duties when mine were grown up? Sure, it was the saviour of everything. Green Shield stamps, come on, Sarah Cassidy. You're writing about something there that's definitely from my era, not yours. Yeah, I didn't know about these, to be honest. <laughs> I know you collected them and they're wonderful. Do uh, you, you know what? You had to have 10 million of them to get a fiver. <laughs> That's right. You had to have entire full books to get something like it. I think 375 books full of 1,280 stamps to get a television. (laughs) No one was getting one of those, were they? Everyone was getting mugs, sets of mugs. Isn't that it? Yeah. And you know something? On this show a few years back, some listeners sent me in Green Shield stamps. They still had them. (laughs) 
Would you believe that? You wouldn't believe it. But she'd believe anything. Our listeners are fantastic. Ladies, we've had lots of listeners on to us to say the floozy in the jacuzzi is in a little park near Houston Station in front of the Ashling Hotel. So just to clarify that she's alive and well and that's where she is for everybody listening. Oh, come here till I sell you. You really brought me back. Sally O'Brien and the way she might look at Shakunak. Oh, go on, you but good did you, thing. Did you fancy a bit of Sally O'Brien yourself, Jerry? Oh, didn't I'll you? tell you what, I'd have swallowed any amount of points for 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 her. To be honest with you, Vicky, Vicky Michelle, it was, wasn't it? From a low, low, yes. Yeah, a low, low. Yes. Oh, you see, you see, girls in Ireland at that time, for a young man, there was <laughs> nothing, nothing at all, and when they. <laughs> young woman came on telly like that you just thought oh mother of god almighty you broke into a sweat when you think <laughs> of the innocence of it at the time but that was a big tv ad seriously wasn't it it was a big campaign huge, absolutely huge and apparently the the rumor was at the time that the tea shop at the time charlie how was a bit uh upset that sally o'brien wasn't irish at all <laughs> so the whole the whole the whole point of the ad was a man reminiscing about his good times with sally o'brien and the way she might look at him and uh, but it turns out sally o'brien had an irish granny so she was safe but <laughs> charlie Haughey, what a hypocrite <laughs> what a hypocrite Oh my God, I won't go down that road with that for today. Just put me in bad humour, to be honest with you. Staying with the politicians, another man whose name is in the annals of Irish political history, Mr. Joe Jacob and his iodine tablet, Sarah. (laughs) I think that could go down in the another waste of money category. Total. Total. They were telling us that if wind scale or, or uh, what, what do you call it now, exploded the nuclear station across the water there, if you were Sellafield, that if you took these tablets, everything would be fine. Mother. Yeah, just have a route around the drawer, grab the tablets out. Take You're them. also advised not to drink the water, so it's a bit of yes. a... <laughs> yes, I, I. Do you know what? I found them bloody tablets stuck somewhere at the bottom of the drawer a few years ago at home, and I just laughed to myself and consigned them to the bin of history, to be honest with you. There's another thing as well, uh, talking about censorship in Ireland. The life of Brian Kunak. We couldn't watch right. it. We could not. We were not allowed watchers, except if you could, if you had a, a local at the time, like most people had, a friendly video library that would keep a, a copy or two yeah. under the desk, and they might give it to you. <laughs> it was filthy, filthy, Jerry. We were, it wasn't fit for the Irish. <laughs> it was banned in seventy nine in Ireland. What did the Romans do for us? We couldn't even <laughs> see that until years and years later. And I, I have to. I'm going to. I'm going to really start crying here, laughing. Nineteen eighty five. And the moving statues. Oh, stop! The whole the whole country went mad. They went absolutely mad. Did you see a moving statue, Sarah? Were you too young? No, I didn't. I was only six. Oh, <laughs> right. I was probably moving statues myself, but I wasn't actually. You could see them move. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing: if you have a few points with Sally O'Brien, anything will move for you. Never mind <laughs> statues. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> but, and you know yourselves, if you stand looking at a light post for long enough, she'll start to wobble. You know, you know this yourself. It was the, I suppose it was a form of mass hysteria at that point. It was. And, and sure, every town had to have one then. It was. And of yeah. course, you mentioned your hometown, Drogheda, in the book, Kunak, and the head of Blessed Oliver or St. Oliver now. 
Oh my God! Yeah, the the best school tour ever. I think uh, there's hardly probably a class in the country that hasn't been brought to see the head of Oliver Plunkett. Mm, yeah, and people often said that to me. Uh, do you live in the town with the head? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I do. I do. Um, it always used to freak me out a little bit. Didn't resemble a he- didn't resemble a head that much. No, really. no, no. It was a bit like Tom McGinty when he winked at John Grafton Street. To be honest with you, yes, yes. It had that type of that bit, bit of an alarm about it now come back to the tv i love this you see i have a particular interest in this ad would you put a bit of butter on the spuds there andre <laughs> terry gold terry gold they were on to a winner like, with that one weren't they yep and they're back they've rerun these ads haven't they sarah yeah. recently again for a younger yeah, generation you know, nostalgia the... is coming back, and it's a thing. I think at the time, a lot of the ads were like that, nearly like mini soap operas. Yeah, like the Sally O'Brien when you said, and then the Nescafe. Yes, Kerry goes. Uh, look, when you were in two channel television land, the ads were nearly the best part <laughs> the of it. Were sometimes the best thing yes. on, weren't they? Yes, the ads were the things. And talking about two television land, well, Sunday nights it was religion. Eight o'clock, you sat down, and we went to Leastown for the Reardons. <laughs> I thought you were going to say where in the world. <laughs> no, I that's... thought you were going to say Glen Rose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say all three because Theresa Lowe I'm familiar with with where in the world. Yes, uh, Biddy and Miley and Glen Rowe. But back before all that was the Reardons. And you recorded in the book because that was just a staple and it was the forerunner of the others. Because you see, you didn't know Benji or Maggie, did you, in the Reardons, No. No, no, I just know my dad used to say, isn't it? Does not smell a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a saying that came in. Get up the yard where I smell a Benji. That was a saying that people used to say. Yeah, that's true. But you see, Benji and Maggie were the first great love affair on Irish television, you see. They, oh, oh listen, it got a bit racy in the Reardons. Oh, Jesus. The church wasn't happy with the Reardons. They were nearly telling people from the pulpit on Sunday morning to switch off their tellies at 8 o'clock on Sunday evening you know what I'm getting at God what do they think when Miley and uh, oh. Dan had a roll in the head. head oh wasn't it great wasn't it great there's life in the old dog yet good on you Miley we were all cheering from so we were when, when that happened and staying with television and the children Wanderly Wagon oh yeah uh, oh, wasn't it just an absolute classic, classic. Wanderly Wagon classic and, it yeah. was and, go on was the, wasn't that the Lambert Puppet Theatre? Yes. Wagon Social would have been the forerunner of all the other things yes. like, that came out in the 80s like Bosco and things 40 like that. Coats. Yeah. Like, oh, 40 Coats, that's right. He was a spin-off from a 40 Coats came yeah. out of that. O'Brian, Godmother, and Judge and Crow. Dog. Yeah. That's right. Ah, sure, listen. Slightly bonkers. Was it slightly bonkers? Slightly bonkers, slightly right. Bonkers, and, and, yeah. and, and I'm staying, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm really indulging myself here. Whiskey in the Jar, Thin Lizzy, 1973. Gotta love Tin Lizzy. Ah, I watched the documentary the other night, Songs for While I'm Away, Phil Linnett, beautiful. It brought back great memories. But look at when I tell you, we could go on and go on and go on. This book, you've got to get it, folks. You've got to get it for Christmas and you'll be doing what I'm doing here. You'll be enjoying whatever area you come from in life in Ireland. It's called Ah, That's Gas. I say Ah, That's Bass. There's no doubt about that. You've got to get this. Sarah Cassidy and Kunak McGann, you've done another great job on this book. I wish you well, but it's available all around the country in bookstores. Go and get it. Enjoy it this Christmas time. God bless you both. Happy Christmas.
Happy Thanks, Christmas, Jerry. Jerry. Thanks for having us on. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. You've just brightened up my day. You really have. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. And on this day, John Lennon of the Beatles lost his life. It's a poignant day for Beatles fans. And today on Late Lunch, we remember him. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over And you won't just be gone Rose was on to say I have a certificate for a tree that was planted somewhere in Monaghan every household I think got them Jerry like those tablets from Joe Jacob we did indeed I think I have that somewhere stashed at home I must have a look for it Rose um, we called our band the moving statues says Liam and the local clergy objected Banana Republic Liam Banana Republic and uh, Joanne was on to say we were talking top of the show to Vikram Singh who's doing dinners from Sitar Restaurant in Dundalk on Christmas evening 5 to 8 o'clock no questions asked and Joanne was on to say is anybody doing meals in Drogheda this Christmas day or if you're doing them anywhere else across the North East if you're helping out on Christmas day with food do let us know give us a shout 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text and we'd be delighted to mention it on the show or here on LMFM Radio now today is the 8th of December and traditionally on the 8th of December the country folk headed for the towns and cities to do the Christmas shopping. But that tradition and others, do they still hold in Ireland? Well, a man who knows all about folklore, he's simply brilliant, joins me again on the show. Michael Fortune, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Well, Michael, that's, let's start from that point there. This very day, has that whole thing receded? No, it's a, it's, a, it's a queer one because I still follow it, I'll be honest with you. I, I kind of, we will, we'll probably try to pop a tree today or maybe tomorrow ourselves. I kind of still kind of, I, I, I'd I hold it myself, even though I wouldn't be mad religious, I'd still hold it. For some people, yeah, they, they, they would still follow it. Now, come here to me, people are putting up trees earlier and stuff. And, mm. and you can you can understand it, why too. You've been through a tough two years, so you can, you know, everyone does things differently, whatever, it'll get you through, through the winter, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, I like to put it up a bit, uh, well, in, well, in, well into December. But one thing that I do really, I, um, I like to mark, I like to leave the tree and everything up until after the 6th. Yes. You know, I, I hate seeing people taking down stuff, you know, after a few days after Christmas. Yeah. And, you know, to be throwing stuff up in October, November, and then to take it down. The 12 days of Christmas are important. It's a nice, kind of, if you can at all, a few days off with the family. And just to relax and do, you know, relax at home and, and enjoy those few days if you can. Yeah. So, so besides the, the, the putting up of the tree, this is a significant date as well. You said that always happened as well on the, on the 8th. I actually going to put mine up this coming weekend, but I couldn't agree with you more. It is best to leave it there till after little Christmas Day and then be done with everything. But look, people have their own ways of, of doing things today yeah. and it certainly has changed. But what about the shopping, going to the towns and cities? And again, COVID certainly has impacted on this. But was it still holding if you, if you take COVID out of the equation that the country folk did their shopping in the cities these, on the 8th? Yeah, now come here, it was a holy day of obligation. Yeah, if, if it was a feast of the yes. conception. Yes, and even yeah. even down in Spain, it's a it's a bank holiday. It's a, it's a holy day there, and they close. So okay. that was a that was a chance for um, for for people to head into the towns, or if you're close to a city at all, to head in. So it made complete sense, and I suppose that that now come here to me that. 
but we sometimes we think that tradition was there from, from day one. It probably wasn't. You're probably talking, God, I'd say you're probably talking 30s, 40s, 50s, and it had its heyday then as well, when, whenever that, that day of obligation dropped. Um, so thing, things change. Like, even when we talk about the Christmas tree, like my my grandmother home in Wexford, like here's one thing, they didn't have a Christmas tree. Didn't, that was one thing that a lot of country people never had. It was completely foreign to them, was a Christmas tree. But they'd put up a bit of holly and ivy, but they'd only put them up maybe the weekend before Christmas, that Saturday before Christmas, if they, if they could. So even, you know, thing, things just change, you know, dates just change, and um, for loads of reasons they change. Yeah, holly and ivy is a lovely uh, decoration at home. As you say, you need to leave it nearer because it just frizzles up and it's gone. Uh, you know, some people, Michael, you know, with your houses, you have to take your shoes off at the door. Uh, bringing ivy into the house, there could be a creature or two on it. Oh, my God, don't get me going on that one. Yeah, you know one thing I love doing still, we still do it with the children, I'm sure some of our listeners will remember the same, get going out to the fields, nothing is magic on Christmas Eve, I kind of, sometimes the last place in the world I'd like to be in town is in a town on Christmas Eve, I like to be out in the, I'm born and bred in the country so maybe it's in me, but we'd always go and pick a few sprigs of holly if we could find it, mm. and then you might give them to an older neighbour as well, that's what people did, especially yes. country people, when you wouldn't have much, you know, you'd, that, that'd mean a lot, especially for an older elderly person that couldn't get out to the fields to get a bit, you'd mm. give them a bit. The crib, I, I, I made one myself, it's the only thing I ever made with a bit of timber years ago and I put it up every year religiously, every single year, I just love it, it wouldn't be Christmas without it. Do you think it still holds people like to have the, 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 the crib in, in, the, in the house? They, come here, they do, and even people like ourselves who wouldn't be practicing Catholics. You know, you're brought up, and you're in the club, you know that kind of way. But you're not, you're, you're but still, you have a lot of, you have a kind of a, a lot of, res, a lot of respect for it, and you kind of the, and also the importance of those objects. Even a lot of people, I can guarantee a lot of your listeners as well, maybe even have a crib that belongs to their grandparents or their mother or father, mm. that may have passed on, and they will say, "Listen, I'm putting it up now this year because they always put it up." And again, it's about having that respect, even though you might be mad religious, but you still have the, 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 for the object and what the object meant. Like the, one of the, the, the lovely things, and again, I, I think it's strong in mead as well, and up and loud in your part of the country, is taking a piece of straw from the crib at Christmas. Do you ever do that at all? Get a piece of straw from the crib for, for look. Yeah, well, our Louise, our Louise, who you know well, <laughs> uh, introduced me to that tradition. So what we do now is Louise gets straw from a crib she visits, she visits yeah. and I get straw from one I visit, and we swap, <laughs> and we put it into our wallets for the year, and it does nothing for us. <laughs> I can hear you. Might, might be doing something in the background. You wouldn't know. <laughs> you know what I saw? I saw a Dublin woman once. She she got she had a say two euro coin and a piece of straw, sell it tape around, and stuck it in the purse. And you, so you always have money around. You always have money for the year. Uh, yeah, Michael, yeah. Michael, the, the lottery jackpot's still running. The Christmas millionaires there. You never know. We're going to do the straw thing for sure. We'd be afraid not to do it. You know that type of way now. Yeah, come here to me. I, I can say it's always cheap insurance. You know, a lot of these things are cheap insurance. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, now, just to, to let you know, news flash, Michael. You've you've prompted something wonderful in LMFM Radio because our boss. Eamon Doyle, as I speak to you, I've just got word on the wires. He's out there putting up the Christmas tree on the eighth to stick with tradition. No, I'm telling you, no, you'd imagine that was planned, wouldn't you? Ah, oh, good on you, Michael. You just gave him the little G up he needed to do it. But anyway, the tree's going up here in LMFM. That's the news. The other thing is this, Michael. We, we've been talking on the show, just to fill you in, and, and my listeners have been just fantastic. We were talking about, you know, the tradition of sending and receiving Christmas cards and that it had died away. And I'm doing it this year with my listeners. And I got a bomb of cards in the last few days. So it's alive and well, Michael. 
come here, it's a, lo- it's a lovely thing to do. And you know what I have to say? Because I'm this year, we're, we're, we're doing the thing called the Irish Dresser and Folklore Calendar. But on post, I've been brilliant this year. Like mm. literally, next, next day delivery. Like last year, was everything was up in the air. So absolutely, if you can at all, it's a great idea. But sure, even anyone who's got children, I've got little ones here. And the novelty of writing a card, yeah. sticking in an envelope, putting a stamp on it, and putting it in a postbox is like, completely foreign to them, you know, because they're texting and all that kind of crap. Yes. So it's a, it's a lovely thing to do because uh, also the physical thing. And yep. you know this as well. Anyone, when you're taking down the Christmas decorations, I bet you'll have a biscuit tin full of old cards. And I guarantee there'll be people in there that'll have sent you cards 10, 20 years ago that are, are gone now, or you might have a memory of when you got it. Yes. Um, so there, 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 I can, there's a lot to be said about those physical things. Um, yeah, I think that, that's a lovely thing to be doing. It is. Now, the candle in the window or the light in the window, how important is that Christmas time? It's really important, and you know what? It goes back. It goes back to why people gather up in Ugrange, um, you know, on the twenty first of December, because we were marking the winter solstice. Where light was so important, we're right in the depths of winter, and that turning point when the, when we, when we were at a, the life was at its lowest, and the light, the, the, the brightness was getting bright. You know, the evenings, the, the cock step and the jump in the evenings, or the cock step in the evenings, for the evenings are getting brighter. That's why the light is there, even though we, you know, now we talk with the light in the window for to, to people would light a, the, the candle on the, when the first star would appear or when it gets dark. So you welcome Joseph and Mary into the home or Jesus into the home. But to be fair, that area, that element of light was really strong in all the, in obviously in Christianity and obviously in, 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 the, in, in the pre-Christian stuff as well. So light was really important. Um, so, but I, I do, again, like yourself, I, I have a little one here and we'd have it, we'd always get the, the youngest in the house to light the candle, a red candle on that night and leave, and leave it lighting. Um, and, there, and again, people who've moved to Ireland, uh, people of Polish background, they do the exact same or a little slightly different versions of it so it's mm. lovely to, to witness that as well witness new new I suppose the new Irish doing do, 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 uh, their traditions as well um, but there was a neighbour of mine down here they used to give each other bags of sticks at Christmas so that the neighbour they'd always have a bit of fire and a bit of light in the home it was a lovely 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 yes. little thing to do another lovely touch now with the pudding and the Christmas cake but tell me this the centrepiece of the Christmas table traditionally now it is the turkey is dominating as well but what in the countryside and yesteryear you mentioned that trees weren't a big thing in rural houses of that uh, moons back what about it? was it the goose or the duck or something else or was the turkey we as affluent in that neck of the woods that just going to have turkeys every year yeah, Arab Khmer, you would. You'd see, start seeing, you start seeing, I suppose I've started seeing photographs, 30s and 40s and 50s and turkeys coming in. Turkeys were, turkeys were there. A goose, some people had a goose. Khmer to me, it all depended on what you have and what you didn't have. I remember yeah. my own father was all, said to me, he said to me, he said, they were lucky if they'd, if they'd half a pig's head this at Christmas. Because they'd nothing. They, you know, people didn't have yeah. nothing. But other neighbours would look out for them. They might have a, they'd have a bit more and they'd call around in the, that evening time. Um, but yeah, it depended on, you know, it was an occasion to sit down with your family, no matter what you had, whether it was only a couple of rabbits or whether you had a big goose or a turkey. It just depended you know, it was that it was to try to make the best of that meal. You know, and that meal was always important. I actually always like I I I I, I like Christmas Day. I like the idea of all the family gathering and staying tight and eating food. And you know, I don't I, I kind of I, maybe I'm just setting me ways with that. But I, I just like that I like that day of, of everyone sitting tight. Um, but yeah, but food like I suppose it came to be food change. I remember one woman I, re- I remember recording here in Wexford, and she was saying the biggest treat that they got was getting a, ca- a tin of of, uh, of peas back in the seventies. This was mm. the fan. Fanciest thing you could get was a tin of peas. God um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But come here, now we've got. We've, you, you could say we've got too much. You know, we have. Yeah, we, we, we have, you know. Michael. And it's Christmas nearly every day. To be honest with you, when it was a special occasion many moons ago. Now, look at before we finish, you got a message. Mention your Irish, the Irish dresser and folklore calendar for 2022. You've made a great job of this, may I say. 
Thanks a million, yeah. And it was again, it was thanks to yourselves last year. You had me on. I was talking about it. I know it sparked loads of loads of interest with your listeners. Um, and I still don't. You're going to you're going to kill me now. I, don't, I still don't have a mead or a loud dresser in it. But I did, I've been told by someone in the council that I have to go up to mead next year and include them. Yes. But basically, it's photographs of old dressers in homes and their stories behind them. And every month is sprinkled with maybe 10, 15 little folklore dates. So if you're into Irish folklore dates and little sayings and verses, um, you, you know that that's lovely. You, you turn every you turn every page of a new calendar, a new new dresser, and a new story. But then you've got all these dates as well to kind of uh, yeah. To, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you've done a, you've done a great job with Anna. It does prompt uh, many. Uh, no aspects of Irish life uh, of yesteryear and that are relevant today as well. Where can the calendar be got? Yeah, um, there's only one retailer. There's a retailer in Monaghan in, in, in a shop called Sounds and Visions in Monaghan Town. But online is the best place to get it. It's called at the dresserproject.ie, the dresserproject.ie, and literally I'm getting them next to delivery due to how good the on poster working at the moment. They're brilliant. So I, I get them to you straight away. You wouldn't be waiting. Well, listen, keep doing what you're doing. We love to talk to you. We love uh, reminiscing about yesteryear and you're a mine of information. The dresserproject.ie. It's a wonderful calendar. Michael, thank you for joining me on this special day. Thanks a million. Take care. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Michael Fortune there, folklorist. He's brilliant. He really is and he's made a great job at that calendar. We wish him well. Uh, with it for the coming years. Uh, we were talking to Michael Fortune about the straw from the crib. Angela's been on to say, I have a piece of straw in my purse for years now, Jerry, from the crib at St Mary's Church in Navin. It was given to me by, by my mam's best friend. She's died since, but I always hold on to it. It's very important to me. Isn't that nice, Louise? You put me onto that straw in the crib thing. Yeah. See that, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but we just, we didn't know, did we? At that time I was saying, oh, it has to be from three different cribs. But I, mm. I don't think so. I think it's just one crib. Yeah, if you go to one and pass it on to somebody else and they hold on to it, and then you never know what fortune it might bring them. Another listener on, I mentioned I made my own crib, the only thing I've ever made with timber in my life that I'm proud of. It's the only thing. Um, and listener on to say that he made his crib as well, but he saw it made on Blue Peter. Oh, remember, remember Blue Peter used to take you through <laughs> the things with toilet rolls and empty fairy liquid bottles and all that and you could make a rocket and all that type of stuff well they made a crib one time and listener has that crib still good on you um, I don't know you probably you're hardly watching did you get a chance to see much TV last night are you a TV watcher no not really you're not I actually was on my own last night so I watched um, what prime time Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was around about the same time. I would have been watching a program on Channel Four about QAnon, uh, this movement of conspiracy theorists, where a, a British journalist went to America to interview people who were supporters of QAnon. It was very interesting watching it. Really, really was. Um, I, I, what I have kind to, of theories are they? Oh well, they believe Everything. you know you know they believe that. Oh my God, some of the stuff that came out on the programme last night. Uh, they were saying that actually Michelle Obama is a man. <laughs> Jesus, I, I'll tell you, I was looking at the television and so was the lad making it thinking, what are you talking about? But they said a lot of things, but backing it up, you know what I mean? Backing these things up. Now let me say this. I couldn't say I'm 100% happy with the way government runs our country or other governments run their countries and changes have to be made there. But the extremes of conspiracy are just beyond belief, to be honest with you, in, in my opinion. That's all I'll say. This person called Q started the post a few years back and a whole movement started around this. But the funny thing is, Q disappeared on the 8th of December last year 
after oh. the election in the States. There's been no sign of this person still, but the movement goes on and grows. And these are people who'll be backing Donald Trump uh, if he runs again. And I think it's when he runs again for the United States presidency that the election was rigged and he was kicked out and he shouldn't have been. All this type of stuff. But it was fascinating but frightening watching it, Louise. Because it's not just in America, it's in Europe, it's in this country, it's everywhere as well. And it's dangerous. And I worry for America. I would worry for America in particular with what's going on there when you see a programme like this. Anyway, that's my tuppence worth for what it's worth. Now, my artist of the week this week is Prince. And picking up the story in 1993, he had huge issues with his record label, Warner Brothers, who wanted to release his old and new music their way. But Prince, single-minded, had his own ideas and he rebelled. He changed his name firstly to Love Symbol and then to the artist formerly known as Prince. Eventually, in 1996, after a protracted battle, he extricated himself from all contractual obligations with Warner Music and released an aptly named album called Emancipation. God, really, that was putting the two fingers up at Warner Music, wasn't it? He followed that on with a five-CD collection of unreleased material in 1998. He then decided to sign with Artista. They were a big label, Artista Records, where he had much more say over what happened with his music and how it was released. And as the new millennium dawn dawned, he released his first live album in 2001. It was called One Night Alone. Hard to believe that was the first he did live. It was from the tour of the same name. Moving on through the noughties in 2004, one big highlight for him was the 2004 Grammy Awards uh, where he performed with Beyonce and they did some of her songs and his. It absolutely brought the house down and was regarded as one of the highlights in music in the year 2004. And that same year, ah, it was good to see, wasn't it? He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It really was so well-deserved. Today on the show, I'm going back to 86 and the album Parade and this one that topped the charts worldwide. Kiss. Yeah, you just got to let it end there, don't you? Prince and Kiss on your late lunch this afternoon. What a fantastic song that is. And did you know, in Rolling Stone's recent 500 Greatest Songs of All Time, that one comes in at number 85. It's way up there, so it is. So it's highly, highly regarded. Another one, and more about Prince on late lunch round about this time tomorrow. Happy Christmas to all in LMFM from Santa's Little Helper. Oh, they're getting very busy wherever Santa's Little Helper is at this time. We're getting regular messages now on the run into Christmas. They go quiet then in January. Understandable, isn't it? Happy Christmas from all in the North Pole. Only 17 sleeps to go. Ho, ho, ho. Anyway, just to tell you what's coming up on late lunch tomorrow afternoon, Gronya McGrath is with us. She's a swimming instructor and she teaches people to swim in the Irish Sea, all along the East Coast here. But she ain't happy with the water quality and she's going to tell us a few stories about it on the show tomorrow. The Irish Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital 
has to up sticks and move. What's going on? Where are they going to be now? What does the future hold? Aoife McPartland will tell us. And Fran Wertie is with us from the lottery. Do the draw tonight. One, four, seven, nine, sixteen, thirty-two. Don't do those numbers. They are mine. I say it again. They are mine. Uh, anyway, yeah, do them if you want. Good luck to you. Fran will be with us tomorrow. Will the big jackpot be won tonight? If it's not, what's happening? What about the prizes down the line? More besides. Fran is joining us tomorrow. More from Prince and a lot more happening on the show. Keep the cards coming. I love your Christmas cards. And again, a reminder, best Christmas pudding in the North East must be in Friday week here for tasting before we crown the champion this year. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive, but we're going to leave you today in the company of Maroon 5 and Memories. See you tomorrow. To the wish you were here, but you're not Cause the drinks bring back all the memories Of everything we've been through Toast to the ones here today Toast to the ones that we lost on the way Cause the drinks bring back all the memories And the memories bring back memories Bring back your the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dogan Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sandero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.